So we have just a full disclaimer. We have a little bit, we are live, by the way. We have we have a little bit of a lag issue that is happening. It is it is completely on my end. I may be the worst host today ever, but Jerry, Jerry will be happy to drive uh, if this goes off the rails. But um so Jerry, you just you literally jumped from one event to the other. You just popped in here, you were you were doing another panel. Yeah. Our friend yeah, Michael's um, event. Michael Marley put together an event on AI and and really brought as bringing together over two days a a a broad spectrum of folks who have something to say about the AI issue. So Keith Sunderland, for example, from EEOC will be beyond tomorrow morning. Uh, Kevin Wheeler uh, did a, a key, keynote kick a kickoff, if you will. Uh, kind of to set the stage, and and he did a very good job. There were three or four key areas about you know how fast it's coming at us, you know, and the degree to yeah. which we all as um, as professionals need to upskill ourselves on some of the issues that that probably will change our roles and jobs. So I thought that was pretty cool. The, the, the one thing that um, I added to, uh, I guess, uh, the, the conversation early on was uh, the work that we did with CXR, both uh, talent acquisition leaders and, and some of the suppliers of services, where we came to agreement in the fall about the kinds of questions that uh, we all, as employers, should be asking of vendors and suppliers about their integration of AI into their solution and or their invention of a whole new way of recruiting because of, of AI. And, you know, it, it, the hype is there, clearly, and some of it's defensible. But the point is employers should not automatically be sitting there going, oh, yeah, sure. Uh, I, AI, that's cool. It's, it's a nice... Nice, bright, shiny object. Let's let's stick that up and make something happen. Uh, so we have 22 questions that uh, that we came to agreement on, and and basically CXR is is basically saying, look, uh, let's offer it as a format that you can add to your RFI or RFP form. Um, you yep. can alter it if there's special questions you want, and what we'll do is learn from what goes on and keep improving it. But right now, uh, people need to have some kind of help, if you will, in terms of asking some of these questions. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, and Laura, we're excited to have you on because you're talking to us about implementing AI in, I think, what many folks are trying to call like a practical way, right? A way that would be found useful uh, in the TA workstream or TA decision-making. Do, do you guys have uh, at Spectrum, do you have uh, any type of sort of intake form that, that sort of challenges the claims that that uh, uh, AI vendors or, or service Question. No, we don't have a standard one as of right now. Um, and most of the AI, except for one exception that I have, kind of I had the vendor and the AI came after. And so I was just able to talk with them directly, essentially, about their AI offerings. Yeah, and it, it, it kind of makes sense. And I, I will say there is a flaw in all of this, and that is while we are pretty much in agreement about the questions, we're we're not in agreement about what a good answer is. And and fundamentally, I think that that's 
you got to smile around that because it will be something that evolves over time and take into account in terms of the context of what you're using AI for. And I think people get that, but it also means you got to constantly be learning. All right. Well, we're we're going to jump into it. Uh, we got about 15, 20 minutes to go. Uh, are are we are we ready to get started? Yep. Okay. Here we go. Welcome to the CXR channel, our premier podcast for talent acquisition and talent management. Listen in as the CXR community discusses a wide range of topics focused on attracting, engaging, and retaining the best talent. We're glad you're here. All right, everybody. I have to assume we're on. Uh, I'm operating on like a two-second delay. I feel like on old radio. I think maybe that was seven seconds. But uh, I want to welcome you uh, to the Recruiting Community Podcast. We do a weekly live stream. We are on uh, the YouTube, the Facebook, the LinkedIn. If you're joining us live on the LinkedIn, uh, you can jump into the chat. So you can say hi to our guests today. If you've got questions, you can throw those in there as well. Uh, and if you're interested, if you want to listen to this uh, again, once we throw it up on any of the various places you may subscribe or listen to the podcast, you can find that in all our previous episodes, all 400 previous episodes uh, at cxr.works slash podcast. Also, as a reminder, a little bit of housekeeping. This is an ad-free labor of love uh, that Jerry and I do. Nobody pays to be on the show. Uh, everybody here is here because we think they have something interesting to share, uh, interesting to talk about. Uh, and our, our guest today is, of course, not excluded from that. I am your host, um, uh, Wayne, and I'm going to go ahead and introduce Garth as my co-host. Garth, glad to see you. Uh, one of these days, you got to tell me who I'm going to be next so that I can go get the hat that fits that framework, you know. But if I had known there'd be uh, costume uh, applied, I'd most definitely tell you in advance who you're going to be. <laughs> Nothing beats your Arnold with uh, your Arnold impersonation. Arnold. <laughs> Arnold. Should we bring our guest back? Yes. <laughs> okay. Ridiculous. Uh, all right. We're going to welcome Laura Fields from Spectrum. Uh, and Laura, let's get you in here. There you are. Hi. Welcome back. So, Laura, for those who don't know who you are, who maybe haven't had the pleasure of meeting you or engaging with you in some way, can you give us kind of a, a quick escalator pitch? Who, who's Laura Fields? Why should they be listening to what you have to say today about, about AI and TA? Okay, so my name is Laura Fields. I am currently sitting in Charlotte, North Carolina at uh, Spectrum uh, main offices and headquarters. So um, I here am responsible for TA operations as well as selection and assessment. Uh, the selection and assessment comes because my educational background is in IO psychology and I've been working in the selection field since a year that begins with the 19. And so um, I'll just leave it at that. And uh, so that's, that's essentially because I am a selection person, that's where my expertise is now kind of being adapted, right? We've always thought about selection with interviews, assessments, and other tools like that. And that knowledge now is kind of pivoting and being applied to AI. I love that. I love that. Well, we're, we're super grateful that you took some time to join us today. 
So Laura, I, well, let's jump right in. I mean, I'd be really interested to hear if you can share sort of some insights or takeaways, like specifically to how maybe Spectrum is integrating AI in recruiting operations. Like what, what aspects of maybe the hiring funnel have seen the most improvement from an AI partnership or I don't want to say AI intervention, but, but, but connecting that technology to the process. Yeah, it's a great question. Let me quick kind of preface this by saying anything that we have in our funnel, at least at this point in time, is an automated decision-making AI and not generative AI. So I have ideas and thoughts around generative AI. And as of right now, where I'm seeing the biggest lift is early on in the funnel, right? Like um, five years ago, candidate self-scheduling with that with the AI technology that integrates with calendars. That was a huge lift off of recruiters and RCs to take phone screen and interviewing scheduling off of their plates. And now we're attempting to do the same thing with early stage screening, um, either with AI in assessments or um, AI in resume reviewing. So the earlier you are in the funnel, when you have more people, more data, more information to sift through, that's where AI can really give you your biggest lift. Cool. Yeah, and do you... Yeah, do you, do you, do you oh, sorry, that was my snow. I think we have a little bit of echo. Um, I, get, I guess I'd ask, you know, when, when you're playing in that space, and I think, you know, a lot of team leaders we talk to are really interested in that. They're interested. I want to talk a little bit more about the RFI, RFP uh, template uh, that we've put together with the TSC uh, and several of our corporate members. But, but there's been a, I think there's a lot of concern uh, and a little apprehension about when we talk about just, put, you know, implementing AI uh, or turning on AI or making decisions with AI. So can you, like specifically within those funnels, are is there a challenge that maybe you encountered when implementing that at Spectrum? And can you share that and how you maybe address that challenge? Or was it just like you just threw it in there and damn, like candidates, they were a popping. <laughs> Don't tell legal that part. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so I would say right now we have AI embedded for in some of our assessments, like for our chat agents, right? As far okay. as they knew, know, they're doing a simulated chat within the VJT or virtual job tryout and that assessment. And the AI behind the scenes is reading their response and rating it against rating scales, just like a human would. So my challenge and hurdle there was getting hiring managers to say, you know, we'll release control and we'll let the machines do that. And so for me, winning that and clearing that hurdle, it was all about transparency, right? So I would show them how human, like when a score differed from how a human scored it versus mm -hmm. AI, show them and say, okay, which one do you think is right? And then they're like, oh, I guess I got to give the computer this one on, one on that. So uh Full transparency was how I got the AI scoring written chat as well as um, asynchronous interviews. Um, we've had really good success with that as well. I love that. And I, I think change management is a piece that often gets overlooked for almost any project in TA. I think we, we sort of overestimate how easy it might be to implement something. And you allude to a challenge with hiring managers sort of getting on board. Mm -hmm. um, was it was it an issue of picking an entire function to do this with, or did you did you sort of do it in small pilots with with your favorite hiring managers who might be able to help sort of sell that? How do you progress it through? Spectrum's not a small organization. How, how do you do something like that at scale? 
exactly right. We picked a function, right? We were standing up chat agents. We hadn't had chat before. The lift of and and the interest in the applicant pool, right? In these chat roles, we get the highest applicant volume for those, right? So we have both an influx of candidates and a limited amount of time then. So the work, the manual work of scoring the writing, because what the hiring managers know is they know they don't want to hire somebody who hasn't been vetted uh, for written communication. No. Um, so they know that. And the recruiters know they don't want to do the work. Um, and so it, there's parts that both of them are um, really attached to that they want. And then you just have to anticipate those concerns. And like I said, the biggest thing is, is you can't just come and then through the magic of AI, here are the scores. You have to be really, really, really transparent with it. A couple of things that occur to me that I think are really important. <clears throat> One is uh, obviously Spectrum has invested in someone like yourself, for example, who has the kind of background and knowledge of dealing with service suppliers uh, who have assessments so that you you can engage them and challenge them, forget the AI part for a moment, but in terms of whether or not the assessment is reasonable to the candidate themselves, sort of a face validity, whether or not there's any relationship with successful people doing the job, concurrent validity. And I assume you're in a position to long-term look at the predictive capabilities of this assessment in defending that you would use it in selection. So to have that as a resource and a and a capability is is kind of paramount, I think, to successfully improving your your ability to select. Number one, would you like a job? Um, no, because you can no. Come Jerry's got a job. Out. Calm down, Laura. Uh, uh, <laughs> he says he's got a job. He pays me for it, but you know, I I really I'm, I'm beyond job right now. <laughs> Yes, the background in selection science, the IO psychology background, education, and you know practical experience, I think is it, it's a hundred percent necessary. Whether you're bringing a consultant in just to help you select and stand something up, you know, or investing in a team that's on site, you know, managing these programs throughout the year. So I, I do think that that expertise is, is necessary. And I'll, I'll bet that with AI, the generative AI that's coming, um, that's going to raise it to another level and layer, which will require the IO psychologist and or whoever else is representing, you know, the knowledge base internal to the company, a whole new arena, if you will, of issues that you have to deal with in terms of even for an algorithm, if the assessment itself is evolving, by learning from, <clears throat> from the responses of the candidates as they go, you'll want to know how that, how that continues to change and improve uh, the capabilities of assessment, or you, you're going to end up wanting to turn it off. I mean, it's not static anymore. Yeah, you're exactly right. I a lot of times refer to like my role is if I was at the party, I'm the person who's popping all the balloons and saying, you know, like no more fun to be had with this. Um, when hiring managers come to me with the great ideas of what they want to do. And I'm like, Ooh, no, that's not a great idea. Um, I thought I, you know, had 
all of my talk tracks down pretty well. And then generative AI had to come around, right? Because I think that, right, I'll be popping a lot of balloons around that. And I, I probably already have with some vendors because Jerry, what you mentioned about um, the algorithm and the machine learning as it goes on, I am intensely concerned about when it's learning and when it's changing. Um, I don't want AI that is changing how it makes decisions within a requisition. Um, I don't want AI that is changing how it's making decisions and learning um, without me taking a look at it um, and making sure that, you know, that adverse impact against subgroups is, is also being taken into consideration, right? That there's job relatedness that I'm seeing there. Um, so, yeah. Right. So, so, so there are so many things now that AI is impacting. Um, some are a little bit more risky than others. And obviously, when you start getting into involved in selection decisions, that's where you have some of the highest risk, I would, I would imagine. Exactly right. Yep. Yep. And in fact, right now, Spectrum, we are not like AI is not making any decisions. It's making recommendations, right? It, that humans are then reviewing and going through, right? So there's still human involvement, right? It's like we're dipping a toe and we're starting out as opposed to, you know, just running and doing a full cannonball right into there. I love it. I love it. It's like sending it's a small awesome. child into the kitchen for the first time ever to make their own sandwich. That's I don't know I don't know why that's sticking with me. Do I go in with them or do I just, I just go in after, after they've made the sandwich and see what happens? Yeah. yeah, you're exactly right. So, Laura, you, you mentioned a little bit about um, uh, the the vendor that your organization is using, right? The technology that's being used there and and how you're applying it, and how you acquired it, that sort of thing. You don't. I'm not looking for you to go into too much depth there, but I'm wondering that. Based on what you've learned and a little bit of what you shared here, when it comes to choosing vendors for those for, for AI solutions. So when you when you are now, if you were going to do this again, if you're looking for selecting AI for this particular component of TA or this particular process right within TA, what criteria do you think at this point you you would prioritize? So one of the things that I always do is I always go to look at the vendor's leadership. Um, on their website, you know, who are we? What about us? And I look at the kinds of individuals who are leading the organization and what their backgrounds are. Um, if I purely have data scientists and economists, mm -hmm. I'm always a little bit suspect, right? I'm looking for somebody with an IO psychology background in some type of role. Um, most AI companies have caught on now and, and tout their AI as being ethical. Um, it, that's something that I dig really, really deep into. Um, okay. and you can usually just ask a couple of upfront questions and get an idea. Again, even learning and changing people's scores or rank order within a requisition, man, I found that out within like five seconds of talking to, to one vendor. And I was just like, okay, you know, it's an automatic no in my head. Right. So, right. So, so how would you, and I'm going to lead us to, we were talking about this in the intro a little bit, because we've got a document that we want to share and talk a little bit about, but how, how would you assess whether a solution is going to be right fit for your specific needs? Is there a gauntlet you run them through? 
or is it you, you is it early days and it's still about your experience and, and connecting with the vendor? Um, there's definitely uh, a gauntlet of questioning. Um, I've also noticed now there's uh, a real start in uh, vendor offerings, uh, companies who are out there offering to help companies do this. Vero mm -hmm. AI is one that comes to mind, right? There's somebody that you can hire big brains there and they can kind of help apply. They take their big brains and point them at the big brains, the vendors, right? And, and figure things out. But I think that, you know, from my point of view, it, it's, it's almost exactly the same as, as vetting an assessment vendor um, with like some slightly different questions, right? Like you always want to know what data is going in, like what data is the AI using, yeah. right? To Jerry's point, how is the AI learning? When is it learning? How is that learning being checked? That's another really big thing, right? Um, what are... What are my options? This is this may seem strange, but like, what are my options for checking the AI? Like, how can I run a manual process alongside of it and see how that aligns with what the AI is doing? Um, and once you kind of clear all of those, I would consider, you know, like legal and ethical concerns and everything like that up front then you can get into the effectiveness, right? And that's kind of like the weird thing here is we have so much to vet up front that then I think that part of how effective is it um, can, can be lost. And I don't know how much yet we as companies are always holding vendors responsible for giving us an effective solution as opposed to, you know, one that meets all legal and regulatory requirements. And it's, it's us that has to hold them responsible because if we don't and and there is a problem, someone else is going to be holding us responsible. Um, and and so the, the balance really has not gone to court yet to determine uh, who is going to be the 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 at fault party, if you will. Um, but the first first one with the most money is going to be the uh, the, the company for sure. So uh, it it behooves really folks inside of corporations to either invest in folks who have the kind of background, Laura, that you have, or mm -hmm. uh, partner with individuals who can uh, help them uh, to figure out what the good answers, good answers. are. Yeah, because the courts haven't told us yet, right, what those good answers are yet. You know, you know. That's, well, there's a whole other conversation about faith in the courts right now, but that's different. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry, yeah. we've, done, we've done a little bit of work on that front to help employers uh, with an RFI, RFP sort of template. Right. Uh, we've done this with 20 uh, HR technology and TA technology vendors in the space that we've partnered with. We've done this with a handful of our corporate leaders. It is a living document. Uh, that anybody can download. I'll put the link up here in a second. Living document that anybody can get a hold of and use on their own. We're releasing it under open comments. But can you talk? Can you talk a little bit about that journey and what that is? Well, I think I think the issue is as as we've been talking. This is a moving um, kind of uh, event. The whole generative AI kind of thing. So we're talking about uh, conversations that we had in the fall, really up until January. And literally, uh, it's been a week, this past week, that we published this document. And already, uh, there's some really good um, 
data coming back that suggests to us that there's some there will be continue to be probably quarterly evolution of of how we phrase these questions these questions and and i do believe that there's a level of expertise that employers need to have in terms of asking the question you know you're going to get a response and now knowing that that response might be a red flag for the solution um, or it might be an opportunity for go or as laura just pointed out uh, there should be priorities that you may have so there's some questions you may want to ask first and foremost relative to ethics or something else that would help you decide whether to go to the next level um, and i do think it's going to take about a year or two for for some of these practices to evolve to a standard, if you will. But um, I, I think we're committed long-term uh, to trying to improve the industry and advance our profession. Uh, so what we want to do is see if we can uh, do more with a collective voice of folks like Laura and others <clears throat> who are learning as we go. Yeah. Yeah, for the, for those who want to grab it, if you're listening, not watching, the URL is cxr.works slash AIRFIP. So it's AIRFIP. We, we, AIRFIP. We're really happy with that AIRFIP. Uh, but Lord, would you agree with that? You think it's a, you think it's two years till we get to a standard? At least, at least, right? If you think about it, IO psychologists are still operating off of standards that were written in 1978. Right. These aren't going to be, but there have been, you know, lots of calls for revisions and, and everything like that. Right. So um, it, it, it is slow moving. And right now it, it's the states that are driving it. And it's hard to develop a set of standards when states are driving a lot of this and they have a lot of different requirements. And, 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 and obviously, obviously countries as well. Yeah. So Laura, let me ask you, what, what would be some generative AI solutions you think vendors should be focusing on if they're going to, if they're just going to blow up the space, right? Or, or the flip to that, are there any sort of um, overly hyped offerings that you think organizations should maybe watch out for? The overhype all goes to, oh, have it write your job descriptions. Fine. Great. Like, but that's such a throwaway now, right? Um, I'd like to really encourage vendors, unless they are in the selection and assessment space, to stay out of it, right? I don't want my ATS to prioritize resumes for me, but what I might like my ATS to do is to customize communications that go out to candidates, right? So whether it's a decline email yeah. that's going yeah. to them, whether it's an update about how the process is going, you know, at what point we are in the requisition and, and pushing that out to people who are in active statuses. Um, you know, a lot of these ATSs have tough UIs, right? I'm not the, the first person to break that news. So how can it help recruiters do their job? How can it suggest what the recruiter should be going into the system and taking a look at and the actions that they should be taking? Um, so I, I would actually really like the, um, the generative AI vendor solutions to focus on candidate experience and recruiter experience and just stay away. Um, don't suggest interview questions to me based on a resume um, because then everybody's getting different interview questions and now I've got a consistency issue, right? So um, 
all HR technology, you know, play in your appropriate lane right now is, is my recommendation. Yeah. Well, I love that more of an assistant than an authority, uh, right. putting them in that role. And I have to tell you, we, you know, we play with it all the time. We've been playing with it for, for months and months now. It would not surprise me if an interview question out of a chat GPT or, or co-pilot or something came back and said, ask them what kind of lizard they want to be. Like it just, it just, it's just not to a point where I would trust it to make any big decisions or, or just feed me mindlessly, you know, my, my discussion points. Worked at Geico, right? They picked that up in your resume somehow then, you know, suggest that, right? I mean, yeah. that's the thing is you have to get your hands dirty with AI, right? Like it's once you realize that like, you know, a lot of these sourcing tools that tell you that they're focusing on diversity, that's maybe the one that I say that is maybe the most overhyped and sending you diverse candidates, right? Based on open source information that they're aggregating from the web. Do you know how many people have been like recommended as Latinx leads who are from Columbia, South Carolina? <laughs> More than ideal. <laughs> Made a little bit of a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> Columbia with an O and Columbia with a U, but you know. Yeah. I'm sorry, Dave. I can't hire that candidate. Yeah. Well, Laura, let me let me. You've been a wonderful guest, uh, super informative, and I, I love the conversation. We're gonna we're gonna make sure we keep involved in the work that we're doing. But let me ask you, and we and we ask this of all our guests uh, before we before we close out. If you were gonna write a book about this topic, right, the the state of things today, uh, what what would the title of the book be? Um. The title of the book, um, I think it's going to be uh, Alice's Adventures in uh, AI Wonderland. I love it. Red button, blue button, that kind of thing. Yeah, red exactly. key, blue key. Okay. And then Laura, present company excluded, uh, who would get the first signed copy of your book? Um, it, it's going to Jen Tracy. <laughs> oh, lovely. Yeah. yeah. She sponsors all of my ill-advised mushroom fuel uh, <laughs> adventures with AI. <laughs> I love it. The, the mad scientist benefactor. I love it. Good stuff. Well, Laura, thank you so much. Much gratitude for you joining us today. We know you're super busy and you cut some time out. Uh, we're super grateful. Lots of comments on the side. Uh, we'll make sure to follow up with those if we missed any. Uh, and and we're, I think we're ready to cut out of here. Are we ready to call it a day? All right, everybody giving me the th the quiet thumbs up. So that's appreciated. All right, it's cxr.work slash podcast if you're interested in seeing what's next. Everybody else, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the CXR channel. Please subscribe to CXR on your favorite podcast resource and leave us a review while you're at it. Learn more about CXR at our website, cxr.works, facebook.com and twitter.com slash career crossroads and on Instagram at career X roads. We'll catch you next time. Oh,